0: With it being first Sunday, the children who normally go to 252, our kids' church, they'll be staying in the service like we do each first Sunday. Uh, If you do have a child that needs to be checked into the nursery, you can take them through the doors and across the hall to the nursery and get them checked in. The Word of God is what we'll be talking about today. Martin Luther said this, The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. Before we do our sermon today, I want to show you a video. This is from 2010. So this was just 13 years ago. 13 years ago. The Kimyal people of Indonesia were finally receiving full translations of the New Testament. They had portions of God's Word translated in their language. But this is the the first time they were going to have a full copy of the entire New Testament. And I'd like us to watch this. Now, it's... Mostly in the Kimyall language, uh, but there are subtitles uh, that I believe you should be able to read from where you are, uh, but I want us to see their response uh, to receiving the Word of God. so let 's watch this for a minute.. <laughs>
1: L'homme, 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 Yeah.
0: The first pastor that spoke at the beginning of that video uh, spoke about when guests would come and preach to them from texts that they did not have in their own language, their hearts were heavy. And now their hearts are no longer heavy because they have the full New Testament to to read of their Savior. The second pastor who prayed when they received the package of Bibles prayed a prayer of praise to God that he would choose the Kimyal people of all the nations in the world. He would look upon them and decide, I want them to have my word and that that day had finally come to pass and he praised God for it. That video is beautiful to see a people receive the word of God and have tears of joy because they have God's word in their own language. To see people dancing and singing and praising because they now have God's Word. It is beautiful. But to me, that video also is a little bit convicting. A quick scan of just my bookshelves in my office this week, I found 23 copies of God's Word different translations, uh, different focuses of study Bibles, gifts that had been given to me as a child at baptism or after VBS, gifts that I had given to people who have died and those Bibles were given back to me. Twenty-three Bibles just in my office. That doesn't include the apps on my phone. That doesn't include the software on my computer. That doesn't include the countless Literally countless. We couldn't number them. The number of websites and resources online that we have access to. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a wonderful, tremendous blessing from the Lord. But the reason that all of that was just a little bit convicting for me is the reality that there are some days that... God's word and the reading of God's word seems like a bit of a burden. There are days where it just seems like, okay, I got to get this out of the way so I can get on to more important tasks. There are days where as a pastor, it seems just like this is part of my job. This is what I do. And there are days where it gets ignored. Ignored. And that is why watching this video is a little bit convicting to see that there are people who up until very recently didn't have God's Word in their language. And I know how important God's Word is. We know how important it is. We confess lots of things about God's Word. We know the truth about it. Um, Today's text is a helpful reminder for us. We're continuing in our Nehemiah study. And it's a helpful reminder of the importance of God's Word for God's people. We're going to see how the community that God is rebuilding is that he is going to be doing the spiritual rebuilding for them through his word. Turn with me to Nehemiah 8. The sermon is titled Rebuilding a Community Shaped by God's Word. Rebuilding a community shaped by God's word, I'm going to read Nehemiah eight for us. We're actually going to start in the last part of the very last part of the last verse of Nehemiah seven, uh, and we'll read through Nehemiah eight. So starting with Nehemiah seven in verse 73, the last portion of that verse says this: "When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their own towns, "...all the people gathered at the square in front of the water gate. They asked the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had given Israel. On the first day of the seventh month, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding." While he was facing the square in front of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon before the men, when the women, and those who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maaseah stood beside him. On his right, and to his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book in full view of the people, since he was elevated above everyone. As he opened it, all the people stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And with their hands uplifted, all the people said, Amen, Amen. Then he, they knelt low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maaseah, Kedida, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, and Peliah, who were Levites, explained the law to the people. So that as they stood in their places, they read, as they stood in their places, they read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet and send portions to those who have nothing prepared since today is holy to the Lord, to our Lord. Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still since today is holy, don't grieve. Then all the people began to eat and drink, send portions and have a great celebration because they had understood the words that were explained to them. On the second day, the family heads of all the people along with the priest and Levites assembled before the scribe Ezra to study the words of the law. They found written in the law... How the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should dwell in shelters during the festival of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and spread with this, spread this news throughout their towns in Jerusalem and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out into the hill country and bring back branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make shelters just as it is written. The people went out brought back branches and made shelters for themselves on each of their rooftops and courtyards. The court of the house of God, the square of the water gate, the square of the Ephraim gate, the whole community that had returned from exile made shelters and lived in them. The Israelites had not celebrated like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. And there was a tremendous joy Ezra read out of the book of the law of God every day, from the first day to the last, the Israelites celebrated the festival for seven days. And on the eighth day, there was an assembly according to the ordinance. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. And revealed your will to us. We thank you for this text today that reminds us of the importance of your word to your people. And we pray that you'll uh, put that in our hearts. Uh, a realization of how important your word is. And that that will shape how we live. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the central truth for us today is God's word is vital for the life of God's people. God's word is vital for the life of God's people. These are some of the things we confess about God's word. uh, Things that scripture teaches and things that we here at Dogwood Church say about God's word. First off, that the Bible is the Word of God. We believe that this was inspired by the Holy Spirit and written down by human authors. And since it is the Word of God, we believe that it is true. It is completely true because it is God's Word. We believe that it reveals God to us and we believe that it reveals God's will for us. We believe that it points us to our Savior, Jesus himself, after his resurrection, walked through the Old Testament, teaching his disciples about all the ways that Scripture was pointing to him. And so it reminds us and shows us our Savior. We believe that it is profitable for us. We believe it is where we learn of our hope because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. Those are things that we confess about God's Word, that we believe about this book. And since that's true, since those are things that we confess about God's Word, that should shape how we live. That should shape how we interact with what's in this book. If we're going to experience renewal in our life, and experience renewal in our church. That's going to come through God's Word. God's Word is going to be vital to that process. Jamie Owens, with Nine Marks, writes this, The key to Reformation in any local church is a reverence for God's Word. Therefore, we'll see lasting fruit when and only when the Word of God remains preeminent in the life of the church. We'll see lasting fruit when the Word of God, when and only when the Word of God remains preeminent in the life of the church. That's what we see in Nehemiah 8 today, is the people of God coming to a realization again of how important the Word of God is for them. So as we work our way through this text... It's going to remind us of what is needed for us as individuals and for us as a church to become the community of faith, the faithful community that God wants us to be. It's going to remind us what's needed for us to become a community that's shaped by God's Word. And So as we work our way through Nehemiah 8, we're going to see uh, several things that uh, are appropriate responses here from the people of Israel that I believe are appropriate responses for us to have if we want to be a community that is rebuilt and shaped by God's Word. The first is this. God's Word deserves our attention. God's Word deserves our attention. And attention is one thing that we often struggle with. Because there's a lot of competition for it, right? There is a lot that this world has that holds out to us. uh, And so, but we're reminded God's word deserves our attention if we're going to be a people shaped by it. So looking back at the beginning of this, the end of verse 73 from Nehemiah 7 and through the first three verses of Nehemiah 8, we see this. When the seventh month came... "...and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people gathered together at the square in front of the water gate. They asked the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had given Israel. On the first day of the seventh month, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding." While he was facing the square in front of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon before the men, the women, and those who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Seventh month is a holy month for the people of God. Uh, in the Old Testament, the Israelites were instructed that there was celebrations for that month. It was set aside for some specific purposes for them to remember God. And so the seventh month begins. The people had settled in their towns already and in Jerusalem. And at the beginning of the seventh month, they gather in Jerusalem And they asked the scribe and the priest, Ezra, bring out the book. Bring out the word of God for us. Read to us from God's word, right? And again, Nehemiah writes here, this was the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had given to Israel. This was a gift from God to his people, I think that's one of the challenges for me when I look at this as a burden is I don't realize how much of it is. This is a gift from God for me to know him, to know his love for me, to know the salvation that has been accomplished for me, to know what he wants from me. That is a gift from God. So they ask would you read to us? Would you bring out God's law and let us hear from the Lord? They weren't there to be entertained by Ezra. They were there to hear a word from God. Would you let God speak to us today? And on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra brings out the law. And it says it is before the assembly of men, women, and and all who could understand, meaning even children who could understand, were in the assembly to hear God's word. On the Sunday when we have our older kids in the, the service, it fell to where we're seeing. That's an important thing for your children to hear from God's word. Children, if you're in here today, when you are being taught in class or when you are being when you're in the service and you're hearing the preacher read from God's word, this is for you, too. This is God's word to you, too, youth. This is for you. This is God's word. And so it's not just for the adults here. It's God's word to given to God's people. And so the assembly is gathered, the men, the women, the children who are able to understand, and Ezra reads from the book of the law. He reads from daybreak until noon. That's five hours. He reads from the book of the law. We thought Nehemiah 7 last week was rough. 73 verses of mostly Hebrew names. We thought that was long and rough. Five hours. Reading from God's word, and the people listened to God's word because they were hearing a word from the Lord. They were remembering again, this is important. God is speaking to me. God is speaking to us as a people, not just personally. God is speaking to his people here. And it says at the end of verse 3 everyone, right? The whole assembly gave their attention right i'm sorry it says they listened attentively the actual hebrew phrase is the ears of the people listened which sounds kind of silly because of course it was the ears of the people that listened but it was a redundant phrase trying to give an emphasis of like they were really paying attention to god's word they were giving it their full attention what is god to have to say to us today right they listened attentively and that's important for us when we come together to hear the word of god preached when we come together for sunday school and sit in a sunday school class and are taught from god's word we need to listen attentively when we do bible reading at home we should read it With our attention really focusing in, this is God's word. I want to hear what God has to say. And so let's continue to give our attention to God's word. Because of what we say, we confess about it. Let's give our attention to it. God's word deserves that. And that will shape us into the people that God wants us to be. The second thing is this. God's word should be revered. God's word should be revered. Verses 8. i mean, sorry. Chapter 8 verses 4 and 5. The scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Mattathias, Shema, Aniah. Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maaseah stood beside him on his right. To his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book in the full view of the people, since he was elevated above everyone. And as he opened it, all the people stood up. God's word should be revered. There's two ways we see that in this verse are in these two verses. First, there was a platform built for the occasion, meaning they were planning ahead of time for this day to come when the people of God were going to gather to hear the Word of God, and there was a platform built. And yes, that served some very practical purposes for them to be able to read the Word of God and it be projected loud enough over the people for everyone to hear it. But it also served the purpose of demonstrating reverence. This is the word of the Lord coming over his people. This is the word of God to his people. So that was the first way that they revered God's word. And secondly, in the assembly, we see reverence for God's word because as he opens up the book of the law, the assembly stands. And they stayed standing for five hours to hear God's Word. It was a way that they could show reverence. Since this is God's Word that's being read, they wanted to revere the occasion. They wanted to show reverence for God and His Word. Standing was one of the ways that they did that. Now, that's not a command for all of us that we have to do that. Some of you probably have been in a church uh, or maybe have had a guest speaker at a church that when they get ready to read from God's Word, they say, like, in in order to honor God's Word or out of respect for God's Word, if you're able, would you stand? Uh, that was an appropriate response. But it's not a requirement that you have to do that. The standing was just a posture to say, I want to show reverence for the Word that is that, that I'm receiving. This is an, a significant moment because God's word is coming to his people. And so I'm going to do something to show reverence. God's word should be revered and a people of God who revere God's word will be shaped by God's word. The third thing, God's word should lead to worship. God's word should lead to worship. Verse six. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, with their hands uplifted. All the people said, Amen, Amen. Then they knelt low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The appropriate response to God's word was worship from God's people. They raise their hands. uh, They say amen. They bow their face to the ground in worship of God. As they heard of the faithfulness of God. As they heard the commands of God. As they heard of promises of God for his people. The response was worship. We worship when we hear from God's word because God has revealed himself to us, we worship because God has actually given us his word and we don't have to go through life wondering, God, who are you? What do you expect from me? What have you done? We don't have to wonder about all of these things because God has revealed himself to us in his word. And the appropriate response is worship. Worship. We worship because we learn how faithful God is. Even though we often can be faithless, God has always been faithful to his people, and we should worship him when we learn again from God's word. That's why I like on Sunday mornings after the sermon, we don't end with the sermon, we end with a song of praise and worship, and maybe we should add more to that. That's an appropriate response. God has spoken to us. Let's worship Him. The fourth thing is this. God's Word should be taught to God's people. God's Word should be taught to God's people. So if the people are going to be shaped by God's Word, they need to learn it. They need need it explained. They need to be taught what God is saying. So in verse 7 and 8, we read this. Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maaseiah, Kilida, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, and Peliah, who were Levites, explained the law to the people as they stood in their places. They read out of the book of the law of God, translating... And giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. God's word should be taught to God's people. So here, the Levites, religious leaders, are in the crowd of people. And they're going through and they're reading and they're translating and explaining to God's people. When it says they're translating, remember, these are people who've lived in exile for a really long time. Most of them, Hebrew is not their first language. Their first language, many of them, was Aramaic. And so hearing the Word of God read in Hebrew, although they may have known some of it that was passed down to them, the language was still hard for them to completely understand. And so the Levites are translating to them. God's Word said this, that's what this means. They were translating it and explaining it and teaching the people of God. Here's what God means when He says this. Teaching is a vital part. Teaching is part of the Great Commission that Jesus gives the church. Right? We're to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have instructed. Right, So teaching is a part of discipleship. And that's why how we interact with the Word of God at church is really important. That's what should drive our ministries here at church. This is why I typically preach through uh, books of the Bible with exegetical and expository sermons is to help us understand this is what God's Word says. I want us to understand God's Word. I want us to stay grounded in God's Word. And that's not to say that, there's, uh, that there are other ways of preaching are unfaithful. I'm just saying that that's the purpose of why I preach the way I do through books of the Bible typically. That's why our ministry should have a focus on God's Word in all of them. It's because it's important for God's Word to be taught to God's people If the goal of our ministries is discipleship, and it is, that's the mission that God has given the church. If we're going to make disciples in our children's ministry, in our youth ministries, in our women's ministries, in our men's ministry, in all of our adult ministry classes. If we're making disciples, then how that's going to happen is through the teaching of God's word. God's word being taught to God's people. And when it is faithfully taught to God's people, God's people are shaped into the people that he wants them to be. Fifth, we see this. God's word should produce joy. God's word should produce joy. Verses 9 through 12. Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they had heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared, since today is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, since today is holy. Don't grieve. Then all the people began to eat and drink and send portions and have a great celebration, because they had understood the words that were explained to them. God's word should produce joy in God's people. Now, their initial response at hearing the law of God was mourning and weeping. And that is an appropriate response. So they weren't saying to them, you shouldn't do that at all, ever. When the Word of God pierces our hearts and our sins are realized, when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to ways that we've been sinning against the Holy God, it is an appropriate response to have grieving over that in our lives. But what they were saying is, that's not for this day. This day is a day of celebration because God's word is being spoken to God's people. God has provided for us. God is taking care of us. God has remained faithful to us, even though every one of us, our hearts are breaking because we realize all the ways we weren't faithful to him. And so today is a day of celebration There'll be time for mourning and weeping and repentance. We're actually going to get to that in Nehemiah 9 next week when there's a call for national repentance for all these sins that they've realized. But here, the leaders of God's people say, God wants you to have joy for what is going on. And actually, the joy of the Lord is going to strengthen you for what he has for you. God's Word should produce joy in us because we've learned of His faithfulness, because we've learned of the promise of a Savior and seen the provision of the Savior, and because we're reminded of the hope that we have because what Jesus Christ accomplished for us, there should be joy. I love how that ends that section of Nehemiah 8. They have a great... Celebration, because they had understood the words that were explained to them. They were rejoicing and celebrating. God has spoken to us and we know who he is. We know what he wants. And they celebrated as a nation, as a people, because of it. As we spend time in God's Word, we should let it produce joy in us. We should rejoice in our God and Savior. Lastly, we see this. God's Word should be obeyed. God's Word should be obeyed. Verses 13 through 18. On the second day, the family heads of all the people, along with the priests and Levites, assembled before the scribe Ezra to study the words of the law. They found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should dwell in shelters during the festival of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and spread this news throughout their towns and in Jerusalem saying, Go out into the hill country and bring back branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm and other leafy trees to make shelters just as it is written. The people went out, brought back branches and made shelters for themselves On each of their rooftops and courtyards, the court of the house of God, the square of the water gate and the square of the Ephraim gate, the whole community that had returned from exile made shelters and lived in them. The Israelites had not celebrated like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. And there was tremendous joy. Ezra read out of the book of the law of God every day, from the first day to the last, the Israelites celebrated the festival for seven days, and on the eighth day there was an assembly according to the ordinance. God's word should be obeyed, and that's what we see here. So the second day, the first day, they hear the word of, the, of God taught to them from daybreak until noon, and then they are told, Today's not a day to grieve. Today's a day to celebrate, go out and celebrate because of the faithfulness of our God, because of the provision of our God, and they celebrate the remainder of the day. And then on the second day, the heads of families come back together and say, like, we want to study more, we want to know more. So we've heard God's law in its entirety read to us. We want to know more, we want to study and understand more And as they are studying, they find out that there is a festival that is supposed to happen in the seventh month. And we learned at the beginning, well, at the very end of Nehemiah 7 and the beginning of Nehemiah 8, this is the start of the seventh month. And so they learn the people of God are supposed to celebrate what's called the festival of shelters. Or the Feast of Booths is what it's referred to as sometimes. Uh, The background to that. So this is from Leviticus 23. Uh, There were multiple festivals and feasts and celebrations that God had instructed his people like Passover and other things. Do this and it's a way to help you. It's not just a, a fun thing to do, but it helps you remember the ways that I've been faithful to you. And so the festival of booths or the Feast of Booths or shelters was given to the people in Leviticus 23, and it was meant to be a reminder of all the ways that God had provided for them, provided a place to stay, provided food, took care of them while they wandered in the wilderness. So remember, 40 years of wandering after they leave Egypt, they wander for 40 years And in those 40 years, God was faithful to always provide for his people. And while they wandered, before they were brought into the promised land, God always provided for them and they made shelters along the way that they could stay in and they were taken care of because that's how faithful God is to his people. And so they hear about this and realize... We haven't been doing this. And they respond with obedience. They respond and say, "Okay, well, if it's the seventh month and during the seventh month, God's people are supposed to celebrate this festival, then we need to do it people go out and get the branches just like God instructs his people in his law, bring them back and we're going to build shelters or booths and we're going to stay in them and we're going to obey God because God has told us this is what my people are supposed to do. The people of Nehemiah's day hear about it and they respond with obedience to the command of the Lord. Nancy Guthrie in speaking about this, points out how often it is that we hear or read, for reading from God's Word, we hear commands of the Lord, we hear instruction from the Lord, this is what God wants you to do, and how easy it is for us to just put that on a shelf. We know what God wants because His Word has told us and yet we often get distracted with other things in life or sometimes just think, yeah, but I, I don't really want to do that one. Like, I'll do some of the other things. That wasn't the case for the people of Israel here. They hear the command of the Lord and they respond with obedience. They wanted to do what God had called them to do. God was working in his people. Remember, this is a people that are just now brought back into the land because they had been in exile for all of the ways that they had disobeyed his law. Right? They had been put into exile because they were a disobedient people over and over and over again. They abandoned God's truth for their own And that's why they were in exile. But now, the Spirit of God is working in His people here in Nehemiah 8. And the people are being shaped by God's Word. And it is producing in them an obedience to the Lord. They want to honor God with obedience. And so for us, with this whole chapter... We're reminded God's Word is how God works in His people, right? As He's rebuilding His people into who He wants them to be, as He rebuilds a church, as He rebuilds an individual believer, that happens through the work, yes, the work of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is working through God's Word to produce in us what it is that God desires. So I'm asking each of us today, would we commit to letting God's Word and only God's Word shape us into the people that God wants us to be? Would we let God's Word and only God's Word shape us into the people that God wants us to be? Let's confess with our Savior When he was tempted by Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word of God. And as we think about our Bibles. Interesting that you said this earlier Nathan. As we think about our Bibles. And we think that of all the promises of the Savior. And we think of the recorded words of our Savior. Let us confess With Peter, as he spoke to Jesus, Lord, to who would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Let's read our Bibles. Let's commit to learning and being shaped by our Bibles. Let's let God's Word work in us and through us to produce what it is that God desires. And as we read and as we gather for worship on Sunday, as we gather in small groups, as we gather in Sunday schools and we open up God's word, let's say, God, would you speak to me? God, would you reveal yourself to me again today? Would you commit to that with me For God's glory. Church, if we think of God's Word in these ways, and if we respond to God's Word in these ways, we can be certain the Holy Spirit will work in us. There is no doubt that God will work in us. He will rebuild us into a community that is completely shaped by His Word. And as He does, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. And as he does, God will be glorified. Let's pray. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. God, forgive us for the times that we take it lightly. Forgive us for the times that we don't give it the appropriate attention. Forgive us for the times that we ignore what it is that you've instructed us. Thank you for Jesus. Keep working in us, God. In Jesus' name, amen.